This is Stephen Adams. And this is Cameron Durant. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Cameron Durant. <laughs> you Cameron Durant, mate. <laughs> Good to see you, mate. Different complexion. Okay, let's go. <laughs> so, this is Stephen Adams. And this is Anna's Cantor. You're listening to the Down to Earth... Down to Dunk podcast. What? Down to, down to Dunk. Down to Dunk. I'll down say that. Dunk. Introduce yourself, mate. Here's Stephen Adams, and I'm Anna's Cantor, and you're listening to Down to Dunk podcast. Stay tuned. Welcome to Down to Dunk. This is your host, Andrew Schlecht. We are part of DailyThunder.com, also Almighty Baller Radio. You can listen to us on Dash Radio. On Saturday afternoons, the draft is this week, and Thursday we are having our own draft party. It's downtown in downtown Oklahoma City. It will be at Anthem Brewing. We will have free Chicken Express there. We will also have free giveaways from Oklahoma Shirt Company. We're also having our NBA Draft Challenge. So you need to go to our Twitter page or our Facebook page, click on our Draft Challenge. I put another post out there today on Twitter. Click on it. Uh, You can look at all the rules there, but you fill out your own mock draft. You send it to me uh, by Wednesday of this week, and then you have a chance to win $100, two Chicken Express, I think a $25 gift card. I haven't got that completely nailed down yet, but I think a $25 gift card to anchor down and then free gear from Oklahoma Shirt Company if you have the best mock draft. So fill those out. Come hang out with us. It'll be a super fun time. But until then, here's where we can get some more information. I have Michele Barra on the show today to talk about the NBA draft. Michele, how's it going? It's It's been great. It's a very interesting time of the year now. It really is. Uh, let's. The most interesting thing that's happened in the draft is that the Boston Celtics have traded the first pick to the Sixers. And if you've been living under a rock all weekend and this is the first time you're hearing this, I would be very surprised. Uh, but... Uh, what did you think about that deal? I was, I'm still trying to process, but what did, what did you think about the deal? Uh, first, I was confused, and but then, I mean, when I saw like the the picks that, that Philadelphia basically traded, uh, which are, if I uh, understood it correctly, uh, the Lakers pick if it falls between two and five next year, or the Sacramento picks uh, with, with no protection, according to. Uh, sub-sources or with the protection to the number one, according to other sources. So uh, if the latter is true, I don't like this deal at all for mm-hmm. Boston because you don't want to have like both uh, in both picks uh, the protection for the number one. But if it's just the Lakers one, I think Philadelphia still win this. Uh, but I can see the like, like the grand scheme that Boston has, uh, which is to me like having three assets instead of two and still having two very high level picks to trade uh, or like to to to, um, to develop in the in the coming years so i mean if the front office of boston has the idea that markel fools is not in another tier uh, with respect to, for example, uh, Tatum or just Jackson, then or maybe even Lonzo Ball, because it's not entirely clear what the Lakers are going to do with their pick, then I think it makes sense because you get an asset for free. Yeah, I mean, if if that's the case, sure. I I'm a little dubious to that. I I, I think Fultz is the guy in this draft. Uh, and I'm kind of shocked that they did that. And maybe they don't think he's going to be a superstar. But if Markel Fultz is a superstar, like if he turns out to be James Harden, 
And I think Tatum and, and Josh Jackson have a lot of flaws in both their games. I'd rather have Josh Jackson because um, I'm not a huge fan of Tatum's game. Uh, but I'm surprised because, I mean, the Sixers, if this works out, like they've got several superstars on their team now. And for the Celtics, if they don't trade those picks for players, like if they don't trade for Paul George or Jimmy Butler, or there's rumors about Anthony Davis potentially, like if they don't get one of those guys and they don't get like a future number one pick, like I feel like if they're not using their assets to turn them over into stars, then I, I don't understand the move at all. I don't understand it because I feel like whenever you acquire those picks and if you are going to keep them, you're just hoping that you can get the number one pick so that you can get a transcendent superstar. And clearly they don't think that Fultz is that, but I, I don't know that I agree. Do you agree with that? Do you think that do you think Fultz is a star? Um, I think I'm rolling with the thought that Sam had like in a few pods, Sam Vecini had in a few pods, which is I get why Fultz is number one. I don't see him having the, the greatest upside or an upside that is different from any other prospect. I, I I really think that a guard with that size and with that shooting efficiency, although that like the, the free throw percentage is not entirely great, uh, but those instinct with, with, with that mobility is like he will succeed in the NBA. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you can see glances of being a superstar for from both Tatum and Jackson, I think. Uh, and Monzo in, in the like in a perfect setting could be like really a Jason Creed with a shot, even if I don't. I'm not so high on on his shot. But I mean, I kind of growing in, in like the a sense of trust in in what Danny Ainge is doing mm-hmm. uh, because he, his draft record is not bad at all i mean he hardly missed on prospect in the last few years uh he he picked like Jalen Brown higher than it was um like the the, the consensus position mm-hmm. and he he was actually the, the best pick available there uh so i mean if he saw something or like an interview process that we don't have access to, or like some some stuff like this, then then maybe you say, well, okay, I, I like all these three prospects the same, and I really uh, want to have another asset because I want to turn it into something else. Um, Part maybe because having like a top pick in next year draft, like two top pick uh, in next year draft, is more convenient to him. Uh, mm-hmm. Like up to now, it's very hard to to, to judge a trade like this. I think that in two years, we can either say that like Danny Ainge did the best move available there and he's a genius because no one else would have done it, or he just overreached and like over overthought the uh, full idea and getting fools was the best. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. Is that there's no way to evaluate this trade today. Like there's absolutely no, no way because we haven't seen we have seen literally none of the guys play that are going to come from this trade. Um but it's fun to talk about. It's it makes this draft very interesting and it changes the draft dramatically. Uh which is kind of funny just one and three mm-hmm. swapping, but it changes the draft dramatically. I'd like to thank Chicken Express for sponsoring today's show. 
Right now, this month, you can walk into Chicken Express. You can get 16 dark, 6 biscuits or rolls for $20. That is a really great special. You should take advantage of it. Make sure that you get a side with it. You can get mac and cheese. You can get mashed potatoes and gravy. You can get french fries, fried okra. You can get those jalapeno poppers that I talked about that are just so good. Lots of great choices. Wash it all down with a sweet tea. And be sure to come to our show if you've never had Chicken Express. Or if you have, I know that you probably want more. You should come to our live draft party because we're going to have free Chicken Express there for you. Along with free tea. Everything you could want, it's going to be there. Come check us out at the draft party and go to Chicken Express today for lunch or dinner. One thing that we've seen over the course of the last couple of weeks, not necessarily from this trade, um, but a dramatic change is a guy that we both like through this whole draft process, OG Ananobi, in certain draft mock drafts, like Draft Express ha- currently has him going to the Thunder at 21. You look at like Chad Ford's mock draft, he's going 13 to the Nuggets. I mean, he's all over the place. Like He could be as low as the Thunder, he could be as high as the lottery. And it's hard to know. And I feel like a lot of people have soured on him. Uh, but what are, what are your thoughts on Ananobi? Um, let's talk about him versus Ojale because I think Ojale is a guy that people have kind of fallen in love with. I did a little tw- a Twitter poll about who the Thunder should take. I didn't include OG in this Twitter poll because at the time I didn't think that he would fall. Uh, but people chose Ojale over Jawan Evans and Derek White um, and even Justin Jackson. I included in the poll and they people slightly preferred Ojale overall. But what do you think about those two and what, which let's start with who would you rather have and then tell me why well i mean i i kind of think i know who ogile can be at the next level he's a fine prospect to have like a gifted offensive player i'm sure he will have a role uh he he like showed himself at the combine in a perfect perfect shape uh, saying the right stuff in the interviews uh, everyone i heard uh, like praised this guy um but when I saw like the numbers and what he can do on the court, for the Thunder, I really don't like him. In, in general, I may see him like being drafted around the position that the Thunder are at, like for example from Portland or even from even if uh, like Atlanta has some prospect that is very similar, but maybe the Nets, maybe even the Raptors. So I, I don't I don't say he is outside of this range. But for OKC, like having. Uh, Jeremy Grant uh, and uh, a prospect like Ojale for me doesn't make any sense because uh, he is already 23 so you have to play him right away mm-hmm. and in the modern NBA he can play four I, I'm i not sure he can guard threes because I mean I he didn't show that in, in at college level and with big guards with quick forwards I think he will have issues um which is the same thing that uh, that Jeremy has. Uh, don't get me wrong. I mean, even Jeremy is not like a, a, a three. And offensively, yes, he can knock down shots. Maybe he will be a better shooter than than what Jeremy is right now. Uh, but can he do like anything else? Like, for example, passing the ball, being part of a fluid offense, or he's just another target for us? Because if we want to construct a, a team that is. Uh, just targets for us passes. I think this team cannot move forward. Uh, and what I like best about Anunobi is that he's younger. 
he has a, like a better physical profile because it's long. Uh, it, uh, he has like a, a good span. He's a, a little bit taller. Uh, he has like already defensive in- instincts that Ojale doesn't have. And he's mm-hmm. like two, three years younger. And he saw flashes. I, I saw flashes about his shot, about his boss moves, about his general uh, like understanding of basketball. Uh, like if you remember how different, like for example, Joel Embiid was from day one in college in the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Like Anunobi seems like a player that has little knowledge about basketball or at least uh, he is not like a, a consumed player with, like played a lot uh, uh, in like organized system and blah 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 so I think he has a lot more to show than, than what Ojale has he's also a transfer so why he didn't succeed and you can succeed in, in a different kind of offense is also a question mark so I, I, I like Anunobi because I don't think his jumper is that broken. Uh, I don't think we saw enough about him to, to be scared. Of course, the, the thing that scares me the most is, is, is uh, like uh, knee issue, uh, which is like kept secret by by his agent, rightfully so. And if teams has uh, like Intel that we don't have, then I I, I, I know I, I can I can understand why he is lighting. Uh, but other than that, I would draft him uh, uh, like first among uh, this group of player for sure. Yeah, I, I agree. I think the Thunder are in a place where it would be really nice to bring in a guy. And I've been I, I'm high on guys like Ojale and Derek White and guys like that um, at 21 because I think the Thunder need role players. But if you have the chance to draft an OG and an OB at 21 where you don't have to give anything up because every, any situation that I thought the Thunder would get him, they would have to give something up. But you don't have to give anything up in this scenario and you just get him. Like I just don't, I don't see why not. Because the Thunder, yes, for sure, they need guys that can play. But they also, there's no way that they can get uh, this kind of upside at 21 and a player that can be a wing in a league that is starved for good wings um, and a guy that can play really three through five. He'll play, he can't play like a full-time five, but you could do small ball lineups where he's the five. Um, and you oh, can, oh, Andrew, uh, he played much, much uh, better on the post right now compared to, uh, to his perimeter defense. So, I mean, I saw him guard, guarding, bigger player mm-hmm. and he's really 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 good in the post so i mean i can see him really uh, guarding three roles from three to five uh, not from day one but uh, i mean the idea of a prospect is that that can do that for sure yeah and you know you can imagine a lineup where he's your center and then you have jeremy grant and andre at the three and then you play oladipo and russ and then you're talking about one of the most athletic lineups in the league that the defense is ridiculous. And if OG can figure out how to hit a corner three, then you're talking about like a, a crazy fun lineup that can play with anybody and can play defense with anybody. And there's offensive questions with that for sure, for sure. But um, if, if Andre is basically your five on offense, then and if Jeremy's shooting is real, and if OG can figure out how to shoot the three, uh, then you're talking about a really potent lineup. Um, and then you can even put Adams in there and slide OG to the four. I mean, there's he he provides a ton of versatility 
He's still very young. He's still developing. Uh, I just, I don't think that you can pass that up. I don't think he's going to be Kawhi Leonard. There's people that are super high on him. Jonathan Charks is very, very high on Ananobi. Um, Charks is actually going to come on our show on Friday. Um, oh, wow. And so he's going to, we're going to be able to process who get who the Thunder get on Friday. Uh, I, I don't know if I'm going to release that on Friday or Monday yet, uh, but he's going to come on and we're going to kind of process who the Thunder got. But he's he has him, I think, like fourth on his big board. I mean, there are, there are people that are really high on him. Um, and because of his limit, his limited offensive game at the moment, I think that pe- there's some people that are just way too low on him. Um, I get... I get that you think that he's Andre Robertson. I get that. Um, but I, I just, you see more flashes from him versus Andre. What do, mm-hmm. what do you think about that comp, the Andre Robertson comp? I mean, he's bigger. Like, I don't think he can guard twos like Andre does. Uh, but for, for example, if you see the clips of his shot uh, at the college level compared to what Andre is shooting now, like how Andre is shooting now, I mean, Hunter's shot is really, really complicated <laughs> to be t- like to be kind. Uh, his back is is like the, the way he put his uh, leg inside the shot is wrong. The the way he he uses arm is completely wrong. Uh, he, like his shot is called powerful for a reason. I mean, everything about that shot is wrong. Um, at the college level, he was shooting like thirty thirty one, which is the same percentage that Anunobi has. Uh, and he didn't like change that motion entirely when when he when he went to the NBA with Anunobi. I think you get a player that has a little bit better uh, shooting form uh, and has flashes about other kind of offense, like for example, some spin move on the post, uh, some drives. I mean, he can drive. I mean, Andre uh, under year one couldn't drive. Like like he couldn't put the ball uh, on the ground. So I mean, I think. His athletic level and his offensive level is slightly higher uh, than what Andre had, uh, and it's more it's more translatable uh, to, to an NBA level, um, uh, it, according to my like my my opinion. I I I think saying that he's the same player offensively that Andre was in college is um, I, I would say no. I mean he he has better instinct, better uh, form, and and as you said, he showed flashes of, of being. Like somewhat a good offensive player. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree. I don't think that he, he's not, he's, he's far from being a good offensive player in the NBA, but he's not Andre Robertson far. Like, like I don't think that Andre is ever going to be a productive offensive player in the league. I don't think the same thing about OG. I, when I, when I, th- I think that OG can be a guy that can be a three and D four. And I think that he mm-hmm. can play some three. He can even play some five, like we talked about. And I also think that he has potential to attack closeouts too, which really just takes him to another level. And he finishes strong um, at the rim. Yeah. Like he does not, he does not shy away from contact. The Thunder, for some reason, everybody besides Russell Westbrook isn't great at finishing at the rim. Um, but that's not OG. He goes strong and he finishes very, very well around the rim on his drives. So if he can get there, even as a slasher, he's a he can be a rim runner like this. Like he is, he is not Andre Robertson. Like he's just not. And I I hope that the I hope that people hear this and that they can take that comp out of their heads. Um, I mean, Robertson is his absolute floor to me. 
Um, if, if he just falls apart mentally, if his knee's so bad that he doesn't have the athleticism, and if he mentally is in a really bad place once he gets to the NBA, yes, then he could be Andre Robertson. But we're talking about like worst case scenario. I think best case, you're talking about a three and D wing that can defend, um, probably in a few years, all five positions and uh, a guy that can be really special and has a lot of upside. When you look at a guy, um, like Ojale, He's a guy, to me, he's a straight four. I don't think that he can play the three. Uh, he can shoot the ball. I think his, I think his best attribute is, that his, is his shooting. Um, oh, yeah. And his defense, I'm not totally convinced that he can be the switchy guy that people want him to be. I think he can do that maybe a little bit. I don't think he does that at an elite level. And he's a guy that's only like six months younger than Steven Adams. I mean, like this... <laughs> like. It's, I mean, he's, he's got to play now. And if he can't play yeah. now, then what, I mean, it's a wasted draft pick. Um, but I like him. I would not be upset if the Thunder took him, but I think you're right about like the Jeremy Grant duplic- duplication that they're basically the same guy. They, they show flashes of maybe being able to play the three, but to me, they're both straight fours. They're, they're, three and D fours that are more role players and don't really have a ton of upside because I don't think either of them have the skill or, um, the ability to become, you know, anything more than what they are. And like to be a little bit nice to, uh, to Andre drafting an Andre Dolberson type player at 21 is not bad <laughs> because sure. he, he was the second best player, uh, like in last play of series, which is not what you want. But I mean, uh, that is to say that Anunoba, I think would be very, very good at 21. Uh, mm-hmm. and I'm still not sure he will drop that much because in the end, uh, in draft room, when you see like all the good wings, uh, going in the early, uh, spots, then you, 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 you draft him because you know how the NBA is going. I'm not sure that, for example, Denver will draft a John Collins type of guy, uh, or like Portland spending like picks on like two or three picks on centers. I mean, I, I, I really don't see that. Yeah. And so um, if you can get it at, um, at 21, the, it, it is worth the gamble. I mean, even, uh, even if it goes bad as Perry Jones, mm-hmm. I mean, it, there was a reason uh, to draft him. And if it mm-hmm. doesn't pan out, then fine. It, it, it was like a good gamble. And you can select a player that if it's, uh, if he like can play up to, what you saw like uh, up to the flesh that you saw it is worth that pick and more uh, if it doesn't for like a uh, physical reason uh, well okay this is this is the the, the gamble that you have to take uh, i think um mm-hmm. if you want if you want like to to reach a bit uh, yeah if you don't want to reach then then there are other prospects that you can can take that can slide in and i mean uh, but not i i would not choose him Ojalay over him if if they are both available for sure. Yeah, and I don't know. Like I don't see like the three picks before OG being TJ Leap, Justin Patton, and Bam Adebayo. Like I just <laughs> I would be just floored if those three guys go before him. Like I would just be absolutely floored. And I'm high on OG. I'll I'll admit that I'm that I am high on him. I I think that he should that he can come in and he can be a real difference maker in this league and i think he'll have a long and be a career um but i'd be floored if they if they chose him um so let's say that og is not an option 
which I think is the most likely scenario. Um, I'm still really high on Derek White. He's 23 too. Like he's the same age as Steven Adams as well. Um, but he, to me, feels a position of need and that I think he can play backup point and he can spot up next to Russ. And he, you know, is a, a decent defender and I feel like he's a pretty good passer. I just feel like he does, he can do everything. I don't think he's going to be great at anything, but I think that he can do everything and come in and be a role player and play immediately. Um, what, what do you, what do you think about taking Derek white at 21? And most people that I've asked think that it's a, a reach, but what do you think about taking him at 21? Um, I think uh, that he, he should be our pick. I mean, I, I'm totally sold on him. Um, I saw like all his clips basically from college in the last few days. Um, and I really think he could be the best fit for the Thunder and one of the best players you can get there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he will not be the, the, the guy, the, like the point guard with the most upside there because Joan Evans has more upside than him in this league. Yep. But if you want to maximize the player uh, and if you are OKC, then you really have, I, I know that I already said that many times, but you really have to, 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 to pick a player that can play with Russell Westbrook. And I don't. I didn't saw like any other player, uh, maybe Kennard or Justin Jackson um, are like two names that can very well be uh, players that can complement Westbrook in some sense. But I think Derek White is one of the best player to put alongside Westbrook, and he has the ability to run a second unit. Um, I like. I saw a clip and like many clips when he actually screened for his point guard, like mm-hmm. like back screen and all this stuff. I mean, I I. I I really like players that get involved in the action, even if even if they don't have the ball. Uh, and Derek White does that. Um, like there are many clips when you see him like screen for uh, for um, uh, for a teammate, then run uh, through another screen and like shoot from like catch and shoot off screen. Uh, and I mean, these kind of stuff are the thing that OKC misses uh, from his guard position. Uh, and I think he would be perfect to do this kind of stuff with Russ. And also he's capable of running a pick and roll very effectively. Um, and so, I mean, it is really the best prospect that I saw that I would pair with Russell Westbrook available at that position. And um, I mean, he's even a good shot blocker. I mean, he has like crazy instinct to be an help defender. So uh, yes, he's old. That, that, that is a thing that we, we cannot change about him because I mean, he, he's a late bloomer, but uh, like Damian Lillard was like old when he got drafted mm-hmm. and he, he was a late bloomer as well. He was a hell of a shooter. Derek White, he's a hell of a shooter. I mean, he is like 40 plus percent from three, uh, very good in spot up situation, very good from a dribble, very good going to the rim. I mean, yes, you don't get upside. You basically get, get what you see, but what I saw about, about him really made me think that he could be the best pick available at 21 yeah he's he's my guy he's been my guy for a few weeks but if you just even read his raw stats like they're just like they're very good in 32 minutes a game he had he was 18 points he shot 57 percent from two he was 40.1 percent from three on four attempts a game he shot 80 percent from the free throw line four rebounds four assists a steal and a block on two and a half turnovers a game like that. Like he can literally, he can do it all. And like I said, I don't think he's going to be like this elite prospect. I don't think that they're drafting like LeBron here. They're, they're drafting a guy that can come in and be a role player 
and is not going he's going to be able to plug a lot of holes for the thunder because the thunder clearly have a need at backup point guard position they're playing a guy that when you looked at drpm on espn.com he was 75th out of 91 point guards when you look at offensive rpm he was 89th out of 91 point guards like the thunder <laughs> needs somebody so bad and Derek white can come in and he can do it and he can also he's tall enough he's big enough i think he's uh he's six five so yeah can, six he, five six six seven wingspan yeah he can play next to russell westbrook and that's the thing that you and i have both really been on and i think everybody agrees that they need somebody that can come in and give more than just 13 minutes a game to this thunder squad and Derek white's that guy like he can play the two uh, he can play the one. He can play next to Russ. You, like you said, he's he's a smart player. He can, he knows how to screen. He knows where to go. Uh, he can defend. Um, he's to me that's the guy. If, unless OG is there, I would take OG because I just think that this team at twenty one, you can't you can't beat that upside. Like you just can't. But if you're talking about a guy that can come in day one and affect the rotation. Then I think it's Derek White. I th- I just I, I I don't I don't know that the Thunder will pick a twenty three year old to bring into play immediately. But if the Thunder, if their inclination is that Russell Westbrook is going to stay, then Derek White's the guy. That's just flat out to me. Yeah, I mean, if you want to 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 hear some shooting splits, he's shooting seventy percent in restricted area, like seventy. <laughs> Uh, for 35% of his volume. So he knows that he's a good shot for him. He's shooting uh, um, 47% on top of the key trees, uh, a little bit less on the corner because like college corner is not that uh, efficient. And then a good 40% mid-range, which sounds bad, but if you saw like our prospect percentage, I'm telling you, this is above like the median of this top 60 guy in, in college. And I mean, I think he he really showed a lot in this year at Colorado. And if you heard like a lot of pod like recently uh, that the Lions is history with basketball, you can see why we are so high, even if it's old. He's old in terms of like uh, date of birth, but he's not old in terms of basketball. Yeah. And I think the if you were to point out like a big concern is that he jumped from Division two ball to Division one ball and then to the NBA in three years. And you could be like, I, I don't know if, if that's, I don't, I don't know how that, that's, that's a very unlikely story. Like that story, you don't see that story. You see like a guy that jumps from division one to division two or division two to division one, and then is able to play out their career. And then maybe they go to Europe. Like that's the most, that's the most likely scenario for those type of guys. Um, but he absolutely destroyed the Pac-12 this year like he was very mm-hmm. very good uh, and I I just think that he's going to come in and if it's for the Thunder or for who, for whoever he's going to come in and he's going to make an impact on the league and he's going to be a guy that I think will make the all-rookie team and as a guy that is going to have an immediate impact and if you're the Thunder and you're at 21 and I don't see a lot of guys that have tremendous upside at 21 um like we talked about Ojalayak, I don't think that he has tremendous upside unless you're going for a big. If you like, mm-hmm. Anabogu yep. has a lot of upside. Pasheknik's has some upside. Like there are guys. Giles like, has upside. Yeah. yeah, Harry Giles, Terrence Ferguson, those kind of guys definitely have upside. But to me, those guys are big, big risks. 
and the Thunder also, if they plan to, unless they plan to overhaul what they've got, which I do think they need to do, but if if they don't do that, then there's no reason to take a big man. Uh, and also, Terrence Ferguson scares the crap out of me. I know he's yeah. he's a he's a local kid. He was you know born and raised in in Tulsa, uh, but I, I am. I'm not I'm not a fan of him. Um DJ Wilson's another guy. I saw him on a mock draft going to the Thunder. Like I I'm I don't know what you think about DJ Wilson. Uh, I don't think we've even talked about him, but I, I'm not no. I, I would not draft him if I were the Thunder. I would stay away. What do you think about DJ Wilson? Uh, like I'm not that high on him. I mean, I can see him being like a very uh, polished player, but I mean he plays a, a position where the Thunder wants to do other things, mm-hmm. and I don't see the upside that makes me think makes me say, okay, like I will take him. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I, I would I would say he can be like as DJ Leaf probably. He they will be nice player in the NBA if they can pull pull it together on defense. Um, but they are not the prospect I would search for if I am okay. See, Justin Patton is a different animal. Uh, I heard that uh, they, they brought him for a um, workout, mm-hmm. and I can see why. Uh, probably because they want to saw with their eyes how crazy he is, because mm-hmm. it is rumored that he is not like completely, uh, it's not the, like, the easiest prospect to deal with. Um, but I don't know any specific, but he has a ton of upside. Like yeah. he can be like a do it all big, uh, and I, there I can see a lot of upside. But again, uh, not the best thing to do if you are the Thunder, unless uh, he, you really saw something that we didn't, and you cannot miss on that prospect. And you plan to to move part of your um, front court in the in the off season, which can be like a possibility. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, we're going to answer some Twitter questions. I asked for questions last night and so we are going to go kind of fire through some of these uh we won't get to all of them but thank you to everybody who gave us a question this is from at ben vance will uncertainty about russ's uh return affect how okc views this draft what do you think i think you have to to keep it on the back of your mind um but on the other hand you don't want to like most likely a pick at 21 if Russ is gone will not change your the course of your uh, next seasons mm-hmm. uh, so uh, yes the, the the only prospect that would make me think to twice is Javon Evans because uh, what we said before he's a local he can be a very good like backup point guard from the beginning so he if like for some reason you have it high on your board then for sure having a sort of insurance for us um, if our sleeves it's nice but i i i don't want to 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 say that that will be my my pick i mean uh, if you can get a guy that blends well uh, with russ and gives you uh things for the coming years then then you you roll with that uh because russ is like watching these as well so mm-hmm. if you say well i get the best point guard because i'm afraid that russ leaves i don't think this is uh how presti operates uh, and and so i mean i don't think that thunder will operate in that sense yeah no i mean the thunder aren't going to operate from a place of fear and they never really have um yeah. and so i think i think you're right and you're right in the sense that russ isn't sitting back and saying like well they took Juwan evans instead of Derek white i'm out of here you know like they're they're 
this you're right this pick is in in probably in Russ's head isn't that big of a deal like he would probably rather see the guys around him develop or have them bring in some kind of mid-level free agent to help out um I don't know that he has lofty expectations when it comes to this pick Uh, but the Thunder are always interested in making their team better like that's always what they want to do and so I don't think that it changes that I don't think it changes that approach all that much if they felt like they got the best player at that spot uh I think that's what they'll do anyways is that they'll try to find the best player at that spot so um I don't know that it affects this draft all that much um and I don't know that Presti thinks like we do. I can actually probably tell you Presti doesn't think like we do on some of this stuff. Um, so it, I, I don't think that it impacts the way that the way that the Thunder pick. I think that it would probably impact the way that I would pick, but I'm not sure that it does with Sam Presti. Um, next question from at sis six six. He asks hypothetically, who would the Thunder pick if they had the fourth pick? So Fultz, Ball, and Josh Jackson are gone in his scenario. Hmm. Uh, if this scenario implies that Russ is still here, I would not go with De'Aaron Fox for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would be... Well, I, I, I like Tatum. Uh, I know that you don't, but I, I really like Tatum. Um, and I don't think he will be the fourth pick. Uh, I think he will be gone. Uh, but let's say he's there. I'm taking him. And the other prospect that I would try to, well, to see uh, if I can get, um, I would I would really need to see more of him is Jonathan Isaac because mm-hmm. he, he actually intrigues me a lot. So these two players uh, at number four, probably, probably I would go with Tatum. And... Because I think he can be like your secondary creator uh, from the wing, which is a position of need for the Thunder. Uh, I think he's better than what uh, we saw at Duke because he's a very hard worker. worker. He, he had like a, dif- a difficult season because he, he was injured at the beginning. So he basically skipped uh, a lot of the, the uh, like the training at the beginning of the season, which is very important to get your feet uh, set for the season. And so, I mean, I think he will show up in a different, completely different condition next year, whoever uh, is drafting him. So I really think that he has the most upside besides Markel Fultz. And so I will roll with him. I'd take Jonathan Isaac. I love his versatility. Uh, I think he can play the three and the four. He can shoot from deep. He's got shown some passing ability. Uh, I'm I'm a fan, and he's. Uh, I think he's a good player in a system for with Russell Westbrook because he is a low usage player, and I think that he is three and D, and he can play the three, four, and five. Um, and he's he's six eleven with a seven one wingspan. Like he's a big big dude. Uh, I'm a I'm a just a, I'm a big fan of him. I'm a big fan of his game. I think that he fits the modern NBA very very well. Uh, and like everything that I talked about with OG, him being, I think that Isaac. I don't know that Isaac will be as good of a defender as OG is, but he's already got the offensive game that like I'm projecting onto OG. And so that's that would be my guy. And I I get the Jason Tatum. Like I I think he can score. I just. I just worry that that he's going to be a Tobias Harris, Rudy Gay type player. Um, that would be my concern. In which 
I just don't like those guys are good and they belong in the NBA, but I just don't know how valuable they are compared to a guy that can switch everything and that can shoot threes and that can move the ball. Yeah, that make make completely sense. I mean, I I I understand why. What I'm afraid of uh, speaking about Jonathan Isaac is his um, his unproven ability to create for others and to create for himself. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean. I get the upside on the defensive end. I get the upside on having like a very tall player that can switch. He can really switch because he has very uh, good feet. Uh, and I get your concern about Tatum. Uh, he can be a Rudy Gay type player. Yes. But I, I think his three, he, he likes to shoot the three. Uh, and he can, he already has like a good percentage, I think 37, 38. And so if you can get a Rudy Gay that shoot from three, I think he's still a good player. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Caleb Martin, 43, asks, would you be willing to trade Cantor for a Brooklyn first? Or do you see that as selling way too low? Uh, I think it's not selling low. Uh, And if they can absorb the salary for the 22nd pick, Mm -hmm. uh, I think... That uh, if it's your only move, no. Uh, if it's part of a bigger plan, yes. Mm-hmm. So to, to, to like to, to be um, a little more um, a little bit more precise on this, if your only um, move is to trade Kenner in order to be um, uh, like to have a better salary cap and don't add immediately uh, another player like. Um, either a guard or whatever, then I think this would be a move that Russ doesn't like at all. Like, and and it's the kind of move that I think Presti learned not to do. Um, because, I mean, yes, at 22, you can get a guy, uh, but Enes Kanter is a, very, uh, is a very good player. And so and it actually helped a lot uh, throughout the regular season. And you need those kind of players. You need a good uh, scoring uh, player from the, from the bench. And you don't have it if you, if you trade away Kanter uh, as a salary dump. So if you can get another player, then yes, sure. Even if you can get like like a Jeremy Lin type of player, sure, I will do that. Uh, for the 22, 22nd, no, uh, I would not do that. Yeah, I agree. I, th- I think that, I think inevitably there'll be co- some kind of step back whenever they trade Canner, at least in the regular season, like you said, because he is so helpful um, from game to game in the regular season because he can exploit mismatches and you can for sure get buckets when you throw the ball to him in the post and especially when he was passing whenever he was willing to pass like that was uh he was a very very good player uh we only saw flashes of that throughout the season but yeah i mean you're trading him for the 22nd pick and you'll draft who like who's who's going to come in and be the game changer maybe og drops to 21 and then you get Derek white at 22 like i i would like that but that is that doesn't make this team better and I think you're no. right. That's something that Russ would look at and be like, we did what? We traded Ennis Cantor, a guy that I know that I can throw the ball to and that we can get buckets and we can run a pick and roll. Nobody can stop us. And I I, I think that trading Cantor is going to be maybe the toughest job <laughs> that Presty has over the next year or two years if, if he's even able to do it. 
because I don't know I don't know what I don't know what value you get back for him. I just don't I don't know how you get good value um, for him unless some teams are willing to give up a wing, and I just don't I don't see that happening. And if he does end up shooting threes, then he's better off staying with the Thunder. Like the Thunder are better off having him, and you could play those two center lineups with him and Adams more. And you can play him more in the second unit, and he can space the floor. I mean, that's if that's a real thing, and it's not just like posturing from Sam Presti, then I, I think that he has more value to the Thunder than he does trading him, especially for a pick in the 20s. Because a pick in the 20s, I mean, it's a crapshoot. You just don't know. Mm-hmm. I talk about a lot of these guys. Like, I know that they're going to be great, and I know they can play. Um, I just don't. Ugh. Like, I, I just think that you... A lot of times you have to stick with what you know is a for sure thing. And Kanner is a for sure elite scoring big man. And to trade him for like TJ Leaf or Anabogu or Prashekniks or something, it's just like, ugh. Like, I, you just rather keep Kanner. Uh, let's see. Next question comes from uh, Johnny for USC. Should OKC focus on players according to Russ's timeline or according to the team's timeline, as in get older, more experienced players or get younger players? So he says, in other words, should they get older guys like Thornwell, Derek White, Ojale, or younger guys like Ananobi or Ferguson? Um, To me, I'll answer what I think and I'll let you go. I don't think it's that simple. I don't think it's as simple as you draft either an older guy or a younger guy. I think that it just depends on who's there. And I think if, if Ananobi's there, I've already said my piece on that, then I think you got to take him. Um, I don't think that Terrence Ferguson has the same upside as Ananobi. So I don't, so I don't view them in the same way. Um, Thornwell and Derek White, I don't view them the same way either. I think Thornwell's a guy that you buy a second-round pick and you take a flyer and see if he works out. Maybe he's a on a two-way contract, something like that. Derek White's a guy I think is a Thunder player from day one. I think Ojale is a Thunder player from day one too. Um, but I I don't I just don't think it's that simple. I think that if OG's there, you've got to take him. And then after that, then I would look at a Derek White or an Ojale. What do What do you think? I mean, I'm. I'm basically I have the same opinion um, on this matter. I I would add that drafting uh, like a player that has like two or three year more or less depending on which side will not be uh, like decisive in order to keep like a younger core or or not. I mean I get that probably Derek White would be in his prime for his first contract, um, and maybe I don't know he would be in his prime for his second contract, but that will not make a difference from Russ's point of view. Uh, and uh, the idea of building a roster that is on the same timeline with Russ, you do it with free agency. Uh, I think OKC okay, um, will have to get some like veteran player in the offseason mm-hmm. in either a uh, backup point guard if you don't get him uh, get it from the draft or a wing or even like uh, a big if you trade in a scanter. Uh, but that the, the the 21st pick again is about getting value uh, in in any way so if you can get value because you get an eye upside player that you can uh, think you can develop these years then you do it if you can get the value because you get the perfect fit for this team uh, as of now you go with it 
And so I, I don't think you have to look at it at, in uh, like uh, from a timeline point of view. Yeah, I agree. I mean, clearly the Thunder aren't looking at it as a as a timeline, and I know that that's been kind of a that's been kind of a storyline really with this team. And I can just tell you for sure that the Thunder are always trying to be sustainable. Like they want to have a sustainable team, a team that's going to not bottom out and be the worst team in the NBA, a team that can be good, you know, through the next decade. Like that's what they want. And so they're always going to try to bring in younger guys and to develop them and keep them. And they're able to do that with Adams and Oladipo. I, I think that they would like to do that with Abrinas and Sabonis and Jeremy Grant and guys like that and have a roster kind of built around Russell Westbrook and some of those guys aren't the best fit and so I think that they'll change course on some of those guys and bring in guys that'll be a better fit around him but overall the Thunder are just trying to have they're not just gunning for this next season or the season after that like they're gunning to have a team that can grow together and Kevin Durant screwed all that up and so they're really having (laughs) to regroup and figure out what how do we form a team out around Russell Westbrook and and they just now have data on that basically like they have a whole season of data on that and so I think that we'll kind of see Presti's hand a little bit this summer and in this next year because I think that there will be some moves made um to make this a better fitting roster around Russ. Um, so, but the time, I don't, I don't know that Presti thinks in terms of the timeline of Russell Westbrook as much as he does. Like, let's make this team as good as we can for as long as it can be. Um, hmm. Next question. Oh, go ahead. Did you have something to say? No, no, no. Uh, no, I mean, I, I just want to say, I think that maybe a little bit Homer and it will turn out completely wrong next season. But when you, when you look at last season of OKC, don't forget about context mm-hmm. because OKC played in the West and had a very good record, which was like, yes, influenced by Russ historical performance in clutch time. But don't remember, like, don't forget about the thing that uh, the West is really tougher than the East. And probably if OKC is uh, on the other conference, then he has like the record that Toronto or uh, Boston had. Mm-hmm. And so, if you if you tell me that will uh, OKC end up second or third in the, in the East with uh, the youngest core that made the playoff, I would say, wow, I'm excited about next season. And I think that OKC should be excited about next season and about this core. And you don't have to drastically change stuff. If you can add someone, then sure, you do it because you always in search for adding a uh, player that fits uh, in, the, in the off season. But I mean, I, I would really uh, appreciate what we have and what we had last season. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would second that. I think that this, this team is going to be better. Like they're going to get better just based on the, the age, the average age of the player. Like they, these guys just typically get better and Abrinas and Sabonis were rookies and they're going to find somebody that's competent at the backup point guard to play this next year and that alone is a massive upgrade it's a massive upgrade whether it's Derek White or Shelvin Mack or whoever like those are massive upgrades and that makes this team a lot better if they can figure out ways to be better with Russ off the court then you're talking about a 50 plus win team um all right Britt Potter asks would you risk Paul George um, for a post-draft trade of Oladipo, Sabonis, and 21 and see if you can convince them to stay? 
Yes, in a heartbeat. Like I know we we just discussed about sustainability and appreciate what we have, but I mean, I think that Paul George is the perfect fit. And if you only have to surrender a piece that is not fitting very well with this team, even if it's young, and I'm talking about Oladipo, you basically, if you think about it, you basically uh, send like uh, Ibaka and 21 this year for one year rental of Paul George. Mm -hmm. And I think you do it. Because, I mean, of course, if his agent tells you there's no way, I mean, he, he wants to be in a big market and don't bother to, to offer, then of course not. But if he says, well, I, I may like playing with Russ and then, 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 I mean, having a core with um, like Russ, Paul George, uh, Stephen Adams, then I think he will, he will give you like immediate, immediate lift on your uh, quality and your play style and blah, blah, blah. I think he, he is worth the risk. I, I would do it like right away. Yeah. If you could roll out a lineup of Russ, Abrinas, Paul George, and let's say you, you can keep Robertson. I don't know if I, I probably wouldn't want to start Robertson with them, but you do Jeremy Grant and Adams. I mean, like, you're incredibly athletic. Like, you're versatile scoring-wise because now you have two guys that can create off the bounce. Uh, Paul George is a monster. Uh, that I mean, you're probably the second-best team in the West at that point. And I don't think you challenge, necessarily challenge the Warriors, but I think that you could make a Western Conference final and then you could say, like, we're going to try to add to this core. We're going to, you know, make whatever trade we can. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe Paul George, I don't know. Maybe he still does want to go to the Lakers after that. Um, but I, I think it would be tempting for him to stay um, in OKC. But I also, I, I mean, it's a massive risk. It's, it's, if he does say, like, yeah, I'll give it a shot. I'll see how I like it. Then I think you're right that you, you just have to do it. You have to take the chance. Um but if he's if his agent, like you said, if his agent's like, man, I don't know, like you can make the trade, but he's there's a good chance he's going to walk. Um, I think I think that would be tough because I think that would set the Thunder back <laughs> pretty far because yeah. they're yeah. already they're already set back from where they were. I think that that sets you back even further. And then I also think that that I think that that would start your that would be your your moment of okay now we have to rebuild. Like now we have to trade but, Russell but, Westbrook. We uh, gotta we gotta rebuild because now you're left with, I mean you don't even, you don't have Sabonis the twenty first pick or Oladipo, and then like what do you have? You've got Russ and a a bunch of guys that are okay, and then you have like Adams and Abrinas are like the next two best players on the team, and that's just like that's not great. Let's put in another perspective: if you sign Paul George in a draft night, does Russ sign like? The July first is extension or not? Oh yeah, I think he, he does. Would. He does. Well, okay. And, and in okay. that case, that, I'm, I'm saying that Russ asks for a trade. Like if again, like your superstar small forward walks, I think Russ is like, all right, I don't know, I don't know what we can do here. Sure, but you then you trade like four year of Russell Westbrook. Yeah, which is like the greatest asset that the humankind uh, has yeah. seen in the last like 
hundred year probably. And so, I mean, I I get that. I get he, he, he is a gamble, but um, the reason why I, I I'm like saying these all this when I sound like very uh, say uh, ruthless, uh, reckless, um, it's because I don't think that package is enough for Indiana to 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 pull the trigger, and I don't want to to offer like Stephen Adams uh, in any possible way. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Oladipo, I think you can sort of take the risk to lose Oladipo. I am I'm sad it has to be Sabonis. If it's like Grant and, and McDermott, maybe it's better. Um, but I would do it because like you you have Russ for like five years at least, mm-hmm. uh, and the, the, having him uh, with that contract is still an asset, a huge asset for any big market team. And LA will be in a better position uh, next year, so he. Maybe they want to do Paul George and Russell Westbrook, and you like basically take all their young players and picks and mm. and whatever. So uh, yes, you risk to to bottom out, but you bottom out with with a great great future anyway. Yeah, that's true, and you're right. Indy is not sniffing that that deal. Like they're not coming close to that. <laughs> like they, no, like they're they're going to Boston. They're saying, hey, you need to give us. Jay Crowder, or you need to give us Marcus Smart, and you need to give us two of your picks, two of your first round picks. And the Thunder don't, the Thunder don't have that kind of value to give. Like they just, they don't have it outside of Russell Westbrook. They don't have that kind of value to give for Paul George. So I, I don't, I don't think they're in the conversation at all. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not sure. It, it, on the other hand, Boston will not do that because it's too much to risk. Yeah. Uh, but if LA sends like uh, one of their future picks and like uh, Julius Randle, Randall type of guy, mm-hmm. uh, then I think like the agent will be vocal in that sense. Say, well, my my associate would want to go there, and yeah. and they will probably let him go there because the package is as nice. And so it's a long shot, uh, but if if the Thunder can pull it off, I I would do it. Yeah. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Uh, last question. Fergie Fresh 24 asks, of the bench squad, who would make you most disappointed to see traded? And can it, it can be based on personality, upside, etc. Um, I mean, uh, it's always depend on the trade, but I would, I don't want to uh, Alex Sabinus to be traded, yeah. and neither I want uh, Domantas Sabonis to be traded. But uh, I mean, I think that these well, Sabonis was a starter, so technically, I, I, I'm not sure it, it counts. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think you have to give uh, both players at least another year, unless something exceptional comes into your way, like uh, Blake Griffin or Paul George or whatever trade um, they can possibly imagine uh, otherwise i would really keep them both because they are upside they are serious guys uh tons of upside there on the defensive end for domas and like on both ends of the floor for alex and so i would really uh keep them unless again something exceptional comes into place yeah i think abrinus would be my guy like i just think that he fits this modern nba so well uh, he's he's got just a winner's mentality. He loves to play. He's not afraid of the moment. He's not afraid of anything. Um, and he can really shoot the basketball. 
And I think that he's going to fit next to Russ very, very, very well moving forward. So I would hate to see him go. Uh, it's a bonus, too. I'm still a big believer in him as a guy that can come in at the four and shoot and pass and rebound well. Um, but I think Abrina is probably over him at this point just because I, I, he's already a good NBA player, and I think that he's only going to get better. So I'd be really disappointed to see him go. Uh, Michele, thanks for coming on the podcast today. We can follow you on Twitter at Mikey Barrow. We can follow your stuff at Chartside. If you've read, I wrote a piece along with Michele for Daily Thunder. Um, he and his guys have really helped out a lot. Um, they did probably 90% of the work. I did about 10% of the work. Um, so it's it's really good stuff. If you want information on a lot of these guys that we talk about, there's a ton of stats in there. I talk about the fit that they are with the Thunder. Um, it's a really cool collaboration that's going to be up on Daily Thunder. You can look for... Um, I'm just finishing up the piece about who's the, who they should take at 21. So you're going to see a lot of the guys that we talked about today in that. And then we'll talk about second rounders um, that will go up before the draft. So check those out, dailythunder.com. And check out chart side as well, um, where you'll see a lot of McKelly's work. Um, anything else you'd like to share before we're done? No, I think that's so you. You said basically everything, and um, yeah, maybe check our account, Twitter account, chart side for like we will probably put short chart uh, then draft night or close to draft night uh, about all the top players or when they come out, so you can. You can look into that and and saw like our charts and maybe some other stats that will that we will uh, show during draft night. Yeah, they've got great charts, and if you didn't know, their their charts are on the Ringer's website. So I yep. think it's what is it NBA Draft dot the Ringer or something. Yeah. Like that. Yeah, basically we did uh, like uh, the we gave them the numbers. Uh, all the graphic stuff are theirs, so they were, yeah. they, they 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 use their own um, graphical team to to pull that off. But we we did basically all all the um, tagging and like give them the numbers and and to to like to complete their product. It is again NBA Draft dot dot com. And they did a really bad thing and not using your charts because, <laughs> but um, I am just, I'm not disappointed because I get to use your charts now on Daily Thunder. Like you check those out. They're really, really good looking charts and they really say a whole lot more than the shot charts that are on the ringer. Um, so go check those out. They're great. They're great. Um, thanks for yeah, listening to our that, show. Not that work. Not that work call. <laughs> yeah, not your call. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening. Come to our draft party Thursday night. It's going to be so fun. Hang out with us. Um, free Chicken Express. Chance to win some big time prizes. Come hang out with us then. And uh, we will talk to you guys on Wednesday.